this chapter deals with the zimun, which is the the invitation, the invocation to begin saying Birkat Hamazon when three or more people are eating together, as we are going to see. Halacha Aleph. Nashim va'avadim hayavin bebirkat hamazon. Vesafek yesh badabar im hen hayavin min ha-Torah lefi she'en kavua lahazeman o enan hayavin min ha-Torah. Women and Jewish, sorry, and slaves, as we mentioned before, slaves have the same misvot, the same obligations as women, which is all the misvot, except for the affirmative commandments that that have a set time to them. Um, and slaves, just so you understand, back in the day, uh, although, of course, we, we don't have slavery and we don't want to ever have slavery again, but just to explain how things used to be a thousand years ago, um, if, if any Jewish family acquired a, a slave, and this is something that was extremely common in the world, a thousand years ago, even 300 years ago, then uh, first of all, that would be the, the best case scenario for, for any slave to be acquired by a Jewish family. Why? Because normally they only, first of all, they treated him better than themselves. And also at the end of a certain period, they'd normally free that slave. And when they acquire the slave, the slave goes through a process of almost conversion and he becomes Jewish. And then when he's freed, he's fully part of the Jewish community um, and is hayav, is obligated on all the misvot until that time. So between the moment he converts uh, upon joining a family and the moment he's freed, he's the ayavet that we always speak about. And he is obligated on all the misvot except for the affirmative precepts that have a set time. So Birkat Hamazon does not have a set time. However, it still is not certain to Hachamim whether or not women and slaves are obligated on it, which is why they don't exempt others when they say Birkat Hamazon. So a woman or a slave should not say Birkat Hamazon out loud to exempt others from it, as opposed to, for example, Kiddush, where a woman can definitely say Kiddush and, uh, and exempt others uh, of whatever gender from their obligation. <clears throat> However, minors, they they uh, they are not obligated. Nobody thinks that they may, might be obligated from the Torah. Obviously, they are only obligated from Hachamim, from Divres Ofrim, and it's only as an educational act. So you you have the little children or minors say Birkat Hamazon as soon as they can so that they get trained in doing misvot. Three people who eat bread at the same time, together, as one group. They have to say what's called birkat hazimun, the biracha of zimun, the biracha after an invocation, before birkat hamazon. And what is the biracha of zimun? If they were between three and ten, uh, they should say, one of them should say to everyone else, let us give blessing to, or let us bless, or let us acknowledge the blessing of, 
either of this uh, is fine. The one from whom, the, the one that we ate from his property. So we ate from someone's property, namely God. Let us give blessing to him. And everyone answers back. Uh, blessing is the one from whom, from whose food we ate. And from his goodness, from his uh, abundance, we actually live. And the person, the one who invited everyone to say that, also repeats the same formula. Etc. Etc. You'll notice that Harambam's version of Pirkat Amazon did not begin with Ha'el Hazan, but just Hazan. Until he finishes the fourth Berachot of Pirkat Amazon, then Onin Amen Achar Kol And everyone who participated in the Zimun, instead of saying their own Pirkat Amazon, there is one person who says everything out loud, and every person answers Amen after each of these four Berachot, thereby fulfilling their obligation. <coughs> If there are 10 or more people who are, who are eating together, then you, you say the zimun, because zimun, using the name of God. Ketzad, how so? The one who invokes, who invites everyone, says, let us give blessing to our Lord, from whom we ate, Elohenu, that's Shem Hashem. So we add the word Elohenu after Baruch. And the person, like the first kind, also repeats this time when adding Elohenu, also repeats the same exact formula as everyone else. And then he begins, he proceeds with Bikat Amazon. Any person who is having a meal at the house of the groom. As, as we mentioned before, the groom had all of the parties in his own house back in the day, all, all the seven days. So whoever goes and has a meal in that house of the groom, so the party and everything happened in that house. So from the moment that they start preparing the festivities of the wedding, and this sometimes was for uh, a year. You had the erusin, you had the first stage of the of the marriage, which was the actual commitment of the group of the bride to the groom through the kiddushin, which is what we do today through the ring. So that would be the first stage, a kiddushin slash erusin, and then normally they had an entire year in which they were committed but they were not together. And then only then, after a year, they had the party and the chupa, and they start living together. So that entire year sometimes was used to prepare for that party. Bear in mind that although today you go to a store and you just grab a bottle of wine, back in the day you had to prepare it. And sometimes if you want good wine, you need to age it. And uh, a year is a reasonable time to do that or salting meats, growing the animals that you are going to, to use for, for the meat, etc., etc. All these things take an enormous amount of time. So from the moment they start preparing these festivities, 
and until 30 days after the party of the Nisuim. So we add to we add two words, let us bless, let us give blessing to the one who's the, the, who has in his abode the happiness. In other words, the one in whose abode dwells the happiness, from whom we ate. Then Onin, and they answer back, the same exact formula, um, adding and if there is ten, you also add the word before and likewise in the response, and also too, if they happen to make more parties because of the Nisuim within the first year, the first 12 months, each of those parties would also use the same formula. So for example, if there was there were some relatives that came from a place that was three or four months away, and in their honor, we redo a party for, for to commemorate this wedding, we also would add this formula to the Zimun. <clears throat> Everyone is obligated to do Birkat Hazimun. This, uh, this implies, as you'll see at the end of this halacha, even women, like, just like they're obligated to do Birkat Hamazon. Even Kohanim, priests, that ate kotche kadashim. Kotche kadashim are uh, the, the the leftovers of some korbanot that the kohanim are entitled to eat. So we are talking about something that will have birkat hamazon later. So obviously we are talking about menachot. There is some korbanot that are in the form of bread. So if the kohanim ate leftovers of that, that is called kotche kadashim, and they are only allowed to eat them inside the Bet Hamikdash in the Azara. So even if Kohanim ate this kind of bread in the Azara, Kohanim oh, also, or uh, a, a Kohen and a non-Kohen Israeli, or two and one, that ate together, and the, the Kohanim ate Teruma, which only a Kohen can eat, and the Israel ate Holin, which uh, everyone can eat. In other words, it's not really that they are partaking on the same bread, because the bread of the Kohanim was not fit for consumption for those who are not Kohanim. So can we still join them? Yes. Hayavim Bazimun. Yes. Not only we can, we must. They must join together and say Birkat Amazon together. Nashim va'avadim uktanim hayavim bazimun kechiyovam be'Birkat Amazon. And women and slaves and minors, they have the same obligation of Zimun like they have in Birkat Amazon, meaning that women and slaves, it's safek min Torah, and minors, is definitely the Rabbanan for Hinuch. Halachazain. Nashim va'avadim uktanim en mezamenin alehem, aval mezamenin le'atzman. However, Halachazain has a caveat. Um, women, slaves, and minors <clears throat> are not joined because they have a different level of obligation than the men. They are not joined together in this group of Zimun, but they should do Zimun to themselves. 
ולא תהיה חבורה של נשים ועבדים וקטנים מפני הפריסות. However, something of the core, the quorum here, the appropriate the quorum according to Allah is for the women not to have a zimun that is that comprises women and slaves and and minors uh, rather women should do their own zimun that's uh, the the appropriate etiquette uh, for this context or avadim to themselves or minors to themselves however given that their obligation is only it's only a we are not sure if they are obligated or not then the zimun that they do should never include Androgynos mezamen lemino veno mezamen lola nashim lola anashim mipreneshu safek. The androgynos, it's somebody who has, um, I don't know chromosomically what it means, but it's somebody who presents reproductive organs both male and female. This happens. It's very rare, might have been more common back in the day, we don't know, but it's an example that Mishnah always uses to illustrate the differences between men and women. So to really nail, to, to bring the, the point home, the use androgynos for us to understand what exactly is the distinction that depends on gender. So androgynos, someone who is uh, by gender, physically, anatomically, they didn't have this nonsense back in the day that you choose your gender, but really biologically had both genders mezamen lemino he does he does a zimun uh, with his own kind but given that we are not sure what category of obligation he has he does not join neither women nor men that tomtom tomtom is like androgynos in the sense that we don't we cannot really understand his gender but it's not because he has both reproductive organs, rather he has neither of them exposed. And the belief back in the day was that he had one of them under uh, the skin, whatever was covering his uh, his reproductive organs, and it was just uh, covered with skin, we couldn't tell. So as, as opposed to androgynos, who has both genders at the same time, Tom Tom has uh, a safek, he has one, but we don't know which one it is. So Tomtom is a different category. That person, he cannot do Zimun with his own kind because we don't know if the other Tomtom next to him, maybe maybe the first one really is male and the second one really is female. They have a gender, we just don't know it. So he doesn't do Zimun at all. <clears throat> a minor who is old enough to understand to whom we are doing Birkat Hamazon, he's mature enough, he can be counted to Zimun, even if he is seven or eight, Haramam is giving a hint of what he considered to be the age at which kids are mature enough to understand to whom we are saying the Beracha. And the minor can join whether for a zimun of three people or of ten people, he can count as one of those. Uh, query if this is only one or even two or more. 
I don't know, Rambam does not specify. Vehanochri, someone who is not Jewish and Mezamenin Alav, we do not count that person for Zimun. Implying that it may have been more common that with that with that than we think that non-Jews had shared meals with Jews, and maybe the non-Jews even got inspired to say Birkat Hamazon or to answer Amen after Birkat Hamazon, but still we do not count them for Minyan. Halachahit. I just want to say something on al-Khazayim, something important. Um, we said that women don't do zimun b'shem humalchut, they don't do nevarech elohenu shachamnu mishelo, and we explain it's because it's a whether they are obligated min torah or not. There is a concept that is used left and right today, uh, mostly when it's convenient, called Safek Sefeka. Safek Sefeka says that if you have one uh, one fork, and you're not sure if it's A or B, and then one of these, B, ramifies again, ram, uh, it has uh, ramifications again, and it turns into one and two, so it's too much of a Safek, it's too... Uh, too, too, too little of a suffix for us to consider it. Let me give you an example of what people do today. So let's say there is a, uh, we have an obligation not to eat new uh, grain. It's called hadash. You have to eat grain that at least passed the second day of Pesach. Um, and only that grain we can eat. In other words, if grain is grown after Pesach, you have to wait until next year to have it. That's called uh, Yashan or Hadash. <clears throat> now, uh, the Rema, for example, he says the following. He says, well, let's do Safek Sefeka. We have one Safek, one, one question on whether or not this is uh, the grain from last year or from this year. And when you buy from the street, you have that first Safek. And the second Safek is, you don't know if halakha is like Rabbi Ezer or like Chachamim. Um, so just as an example, that way the Rema says you can get any grain you find in the street, and so long as you have this double safek, you can disregard any suspicion that it might not be kasher. I think that for Harambam, he would not go that route. And my one of the proofs you can bring is from this very halakha, Perek He Al-Hazayin of Ilchot Berachot, where the halakha could have been differently. You could have said, wait a second, I have two safekot here for, for women. I have th the first safek, if they are uh, hayav on, uh, on Birkat Amazon, and the second safek, whether or not, because of that, you should be hayav on Zimun, but nevertheless, the halakha is that they do not say Elohenu. It could have been resolved by safek sefeka, and it's not meaning that Safek Sefeka is not a tool for us to use as we please, but rather it's rhetoric that Chachamim, when they have a, a, um, a conclusion in mind, so the, they say the conclusion, and the conclusion is what it is because Chachamim said so, it's based on their authority, and then they explain that conclusion, they justify that conclusion using a myriad of tools, one of which is Safek Sefeka. Halachachet. Um, 
in order for someone to be able to join for the minyan of the moon, he needs to have eaten bread. However, if you have seven that ate bread and three that ate something else, it could have been vegetables or even soup, says Harambam, or anything of the sort, they can join. If you have seven and three, they can join. So long as the one with saying the zimun and saying the Bikat Hamazon is one of those that ate bread. However, if it's six and four, and Mr. Refin, you don't uh, join them. Until the ones that ate bread are a noticeable majority. A noticeable majority. So six against four is not as noticeable as seven against three. When are we saying that you can join people who didn't eat bread? This is only when we are talking about the Minyan of ten. But with respect to the Minyan of three people, each of the people needs to eat bread by himself, and only then they can do zimun. Let's say two people were sitting together and they were eating bread together. They were only two. At that moment, they were not chayav by zimun. And then a third person comes and joins and eats together. If they can join him and eat something at the same time as him, even from other things, doesn't need to be bread, then he can join together and they can be a, a three-person zimun. And generally, the one who says zimun is the one who, is, who has the, the highest level of chokhmah among them. And this would apply even in this case where you have two and a third one joins. That third one is the one who would who would be uh, would say the zimun, even though he joined last. And I'm pretty sure Harambam takes this from a story in the Gemara. I forget right now when it is, but it's with Rebishim on Ben Shattah that the the king, the Hashmonai king at that time, needed someone for zimun, and his sister was hiding him. Uh, Rabbi Shemuel sister was the wife of the king. She was hiding him because uh, that king had killed all the hachamim. And then she said, okay, I'm going to take bring him out and he's going to join for the moon, but you're going to have to let him live. And then he agreed. And uh, and he was the one who said the moon. So from here we learn that the biggest hacham is the one who has to say the moon, even if he joins later. Now, if three three people ate together, or four or five, they may not then say Birkat Amazon separately. They have to say Birkat Amazon together. If you have six or more people, then they can break apart into groups, each of which is sufficient to have enough people for Zimun, until they get to ten. If you have ten, then you are upgraded in the category of Zimun, and you cannot, if you have 11, you cannot split into 3 and 8, because both of them are losing the Elohenu. So until you have 20, in which case you can separate to 2 of 10, each of which groups will preserve the Elohenu under Zimun. So whenever, when they split, they can still continue saying the same kind of zimun as they could when they were all together, they are allowed to split. Now, 
בזימון שכבר זימנו עליהם. <coughs> Let's say you had three groups of three, and from each of these groups, uh, one of them comes out and wants to create a new group of three with the other two. That's not permissible, even though we said that nine can be divided, but you cannot do it if you had three distinguishable groups and each of them is losing one member. However, if each of these three groups already did Zimun, then they are welcome to, one, of, one person from each of these three groups is welcome to join into a new group of three. However, he won't be, they won't be Hayav on Zimun because they already did Zimun. And the obligation of staying together as this group and saying the Berachat Olam as a group starts when the persons sit together. It's not when they start eating together, but when they sit together. So even if each and every person ends up eating by themselves, once they sat together to join as this group to eat together, even though they ended up not eating together, they are no longer allowed to split. This happens pretty often. Let's say they have, they, there is two groups within the same room. So should they join? There is two tables, and each of them is eating on their own, but they're in the same room. So should they join or not? So if they can see each other, if some of the members of one table can see some of the members of the other table, they should join. They love, and otherwise, they should each do their own zimun. However, if there is one waiter, one single waiter that serves both of these tables at the same time, this happens, by the way, in, uh, in, in large dining rooms of schools and so on. This is pretty, pretty common. So if there is one, uh, if, if they have a common waiter, then although they cannot see each other, they still join. One more condition for them to be able to join is that both of these groups can clearly hear the one who is saying the Biracha. Interesting case. So you have three people. One of them goes outside. We can go back to last chapter, and one of the reasons why you could go outside is if a friend of yours comes to drop something off and you go to meet him outside. Then let's say the people inside want to, want to start Bikat Hamazon. They can call him out while he is outside and say, very loud. And then he responds from there and he hears the Birkat Hamazon. So by that, he's fulfilling the Birkat Hazimun. But because he was not sitting down in his place, he's not fulfilling Birkat Hamazon. So what's going to end up happening is he will have to hear and say Amen to the entire Birkat Hamazon that's being said from inside. And then he'll have to go back and say Birkat Hamazon for himself. When he's back on his at his seat. However, when we are talking about the zimun of ten, this halacha changes, and a person who is outside should not answer amen from outside, should not answer sorry zimun from outside or amen, and rather should come back, and then everyone joins together. The zimun of ten 
is a little more serious. This also happens pretty often. Three people are eating together and one of them starts Birkat HaMazon before Zimun. He can still join for Zimun after Birkat HaMazon that he said. He will not be fulfilling his obligation of Zimun. He lost that, but the other two will be. Two people who are eating together, each of them says Birkat Amazon to himself. They should not say Birkat Amazon for the other one to say Amen. But if one of them knows how to say Birkat Amazon and one of them does not, the one who knows should say it out loud. And then the other one responds Amen after each bracha, just like you do when you have three people and you're doing it with Zimun. And that way he fulfills, that way he fulfills his obligation. And uh, although normally we try to establish a certain hierarchy in terms of respect, uh, for example, sons and fathers, or, or slaves and masters, or and so on and so forth. So, uh, in this case, for saying the beracha and, and uh, exempting others, we don't take into account this uh, hierarchy of respect, and anyone can say beracha for anyone else. But Hachamim said, uh, they, they cursed, they said, uh, Woe to the one who's, uh, who doesn't know Birkat Hamazon and makes his wife and or children say beracha for him. In other words, um, uh, it should be that uh, nobody needs others to say Birkat Amazon for themselves because they don't know it. So we said right now that Ayved, uh, we gave us some examples that a slave can say Biracha for his master or a wife for her husband. Now, if you recall, we said that the wife and the slave are only Hayav Misafek. We are not sure if they are Hayav in the Torah or not. Therefore, the only scenario in which they could exempt their, the men is when the men ate and did not get satisfied. Because when you eat and you do not get satisfied, then your huv, your obligation is only the Rabbanan. The Torah says, You shall eat. And when you eat and get satisfied, you shall bless. In other words, if you eat and do not get satisfied, you still have an obligation, but it's the same category of the obligation as the one the woman has. And therefore, since you are now of the same category, she can exempt you. However, a person who ate and got satisfied, whose obligation now is However, in that case, then if, if someone, if someone uh, ate and got satisfied, then the only person who can exempt them is someone who has the same obligation from the Torah like him. Anyone who comes inside and finds that they are about to say Birkat Amazon, they say Zimun, but he didn't eat with them. So what do you answer? 
you're hearing people saying what do you answer so you answer these two words baruch umvorach you don't say baruch because you did not eat so you can't say uh, blessing is the one from whom we ate you didn't eat so you just say baruch umvorach uh, he's he's both blessing and people acknowledge that blessing that's baruch umvorach and then if uh, when he walks into the room they are past that stage and they are already answering Baruch Shechanu Mishlo, then he should still answer something. He should not stay silent as though, God forbid, he's implying that he doesn't agree with what's being said, but rather he should just simply answer Amen. Let me just note, Harambam does not distinguish between Nevarech Elohenu or Nevarech. In both cases, it seems Harambam would say that the person answers with these two words, Baruch Borach. So the next time, you are at a place when they are saying Zimun and you did not eat together with everyone, you should answer Baruch Umvorach. Of course, you are not going to be counted for that minyan of Zimun. With this, we finish Perek uh, I wish everyone Shabbat Shalom Vorach. On Sunday, Be'ezat Hashem will continue with 6 and 7.